When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studio. Speaking of Matthew Collar, he joins us now where he has been hanging out listening to Rick Spielman all day long at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And Matthew, we'll start you with this one. What was your takeaway from what Rick had to say about Stefan Diggs? Because at the outset of today's show, uh, my point was, I recall vividly seven years ago when Rick said, we have no intention of trading Percy Harvin. And a month after that, Percy was traded. So as you heard Rick sort of uh, spell out the fact how important Diggs is and he expects him to be with this team how much stock did you put into that, and how much did you raise a skeptical reporter's eyebrow? Well, I, I not only raised the skeptical reporter's eyebrow, but I also raised a question to the general manager about this very topic. I looked across the table during our little one-on-one side session with just the beat people, and I said, Rick, has Stefan Diggs asked you to be traded? And it would have been very easy for him to just say no. But instead, he said, and I will quote this exactly, I haven't talked to his agent at all. And when I do talk to his agent, all those talks that I have with his agent are going to be internal. Well, why would you be talking to his agent pertaining to Stefan Diggs if there's nothing to talk about? He's under contract, as uh, Spielman mentioned several times. And I thought the number of times that he noted that Diggs was under contract was, in a way, a message about being under contract that we just signed you to an extension. So, you know, that's the thing about this entire situation. There is some smoke uh, where there's fire, but at the same time, Stefan Diggs has very little in terms of leverage to do anything about it if he does want to go. And I should note that at the Super Bowl, Diggs did no less than a dozen interviews. I found as many as I could, and there was zero evidence of him raising a stink or taking little pot shots at people. And trust me, I'm always looking for that stuff, as you know. Um, but there really wasn't. And so you know, I think for right now it's an uncomfortable situation because no one has directly come out and said everything's great between us. And that makes me think that, you know, we've all been barking a little bit up the right tree. But at the same time, Spielman made it pretty clear. We don't want to trade this guy. He's really good at football. That is an odd answer when he says, I haven't spoke. I mean, isn't isn't that effectively a no if he hasn't spoken to the agent yet? Isn't that, I mean, if Stefan Diggs didn't directly ask for a trade, then the agent would. So isn't isn't he saying no and couldn't he have just said no, he hasn't asked me for a trade. Instead of saying, I haven't talked to his agent yet, That's so, it's such an odd answer to your question. 
Well, that's right. And uh, you're, if you have Zolgadian reporting instincts, what you do is listen for what they don't say, not just what they do say. And in this case, it would have been extremely easy. There's only a couple of us there to just be like, no, man, I don't know where this is all coming from. And I did ask Rick what he thought of all the coverage because, you know, we we're watching Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre talk one day and they're trading digs all over the league. It's like, wait a minute. How does this even become a, a thing, right? When there's no credible report that they've tried to trade digs and two times in the past when it's come up, uh, they've put it out there that they weren't trying to trade him at all. And I asked for Rick's uh, reaction to that and he said, Something to the effect of, well, there might be some fake news sometimes, but that's kind of how it is or whatever. There wasn't a, it wasn't like a defiant, I have no idea where this came from. It was sort of a, well, sometimes things are exaggerated type of type of deal. So, you know, I, I think that what we can whittle down is that, no, Stefan Diggs is not super thrilled, especially if he's on a team that's talking about how much they love running the football but at the same time, there's nothing he can do about it. So he better show up to OTAs and training camp and everything else and, and play football next year. Because even if he tried to pull some Antonio Brown type of thing, A, that ruins your reputation. You don't want to do that. And B, it also, they could cut him and void his guarantees if he breaks his contract. So it's a, it's a situation where I think it's uncomfortable, but it will probably just continue to go forward as it. Your best guess after the side session and also the podium session with uh, the Vikings GM Rick Spielman today, Collar, Kirk Cousins or Dalvin Cook is the first to get a, a contract extension, or I guess in Kirk's case, it's an extension and a restructure as well. If you were a gambling man now, after hearing Rick today, which which one of those two are you putting your money on getting a new contract? Well, so Spielman really didn't even hesitate to talk about how much he wants to extend Delvin Cook. And in the past, when they've talked that way, it usually gets done. Now, there is some concern. I, I spent some time out last night on the town in Indianapolis. Look at you! Quite a few people, yes. But I was drinking diet. Pepsi I'm still proud of you. You know what? I'm and, proud uh, of you. And and it is weird to be in a place where everyone else is not drinking diet Pepsis. But anyway, so. Uh, not my scene, but just for all of you, I decided to sacrifice myself and go get wow. some information. And one of the things that I came away with is that there's some people looking at this situation saying, Delvin Cook shouldn't overplay his hand. Like, don't do that, man. Don't think that you're going to get an Ezekiel Elliott type of deal because you haven't been healthy and you've had one really good year, full season, but even then you still had some injuries too. And, and you're very valuable and the team loves you and they definitely want to sign you. Spielman did not talk about anything as it pertained to running back value or anything like that. It was, this is a very good core of young players on offense we need to keep around. So I think the Vikings are saying, yeah, we'll do it. But I've heard that it better be on the right terms because if Delvin Cook overplays his hand here, he's going to look foolish like Le'Veon Bell and like Melvin Gordon. Um, now, on the other side of things, the Cousins, the very important point, it, it kind of comes down to Kirk. Like, how bad do you want that left guard, Kirk? Because if he wants a left guard really bad, he could sign a contract extension today and lower his cap hit and open up cap space for the Vikings to sign somebody at left guard. Uh, There's a guy for the Patriots, Joe Thune, who is really good and a really good fit, but he's going to cost about $12 million a year. So if he wants that, he could definitely do it. But if you're on his side, aren't you looking forward and saying, well, just had the best year of my career. I'm going to come back with all these weapons next year. And, 
you know, that you know, let's maybe play it out or, or whatever. You have that type of leverage that he's performed statistically very well over these last two years, and there's always desperation for quarterbacks. So, you know, it's a, that's, a, that's a tricky one, but they could get that done really soon or never get it done at all. I'm not really sure. You know, one angle of the, the potential contract extension for Kirk Cousins that I hadn't really considered until reading Courtney's piece at ESPN.com today, and we talked about it on Score North Live this afternoon. You can hear that show weekdays, noon to two, and go back and listen to it anytime you want on the totally free Score North app. But that's that there may be some urgency for the Vikings if they want Kirk Cousins beyond 2020 to get a deal done before free agency starts so that they know their own financial situations. They know what they go into free agency with to keep their own players and try and upgrade at some other positions. Also, because the price tag is going to go up the more of these high-profile quarterbacks that sign. But the flip side is that there might not be a lot of urgency for Kirk Cousins to sign it because... If he waits a year or he waits until this free agency class clears, he can probably make more money than what he would get if he signed with the Vikings today, Matthew. Yeah, there's so much up in the air here. There's also a 17-game season that could happen. And if you're Kirk Cousins, and, and I get the idea that Kirk Cousins is a guy who wants to maximize his dollars, right? And I don't blame anybody for that. You do you. If they're going to pay you that much, then get your money, boy. But uh, you, when, you know, when you think about uh, that 17-game season lingering, if that's only two years off, you don't want to sign a five-year contract extension. You want to be hitting the market when that extra money might be out there. I mean, this thing could add an extra $100 million to every team's salary cap, which would just explode money in the NFL. And Kirk, if he wants to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks, could look at that and say, well, let me sign a, a shorter-term extension or, or something in that ballpark. Or Kirk could even say, look, I've, I've been healthy my entire career. I'll run this thing all the way to the end and, and then see where the Vikings stack up with everybody else. Whether Kirk is going to play hardball is a really interesting question here. We, we just assumed that it was because Washington is a terrible franchise was the reason he did that. But it worked for him once, yep. and it, it could work for him again. And the difference there is where, where I didn't assume that completely collar was this, the guaranteed contract. Because that's a huge ask. And so I think, I think when Kirk and his people pivoted to not only do we want a rich contract for our client, but it's going to be short term guaranteed. That told us exactly the thought process there. And so I'm not going to assume that Kirk is now going to come back and say, you know, I got paid by you guys. So thank you. And here's a great deal for the Vikings. Now, the flip side is if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying I'm not going to sign you to a huge contract. But I'm just not going to be surprised if Kirk and his people continue to sort of to pursue a contract that uh, Brzezinski and Spielman might say, yeah, that's a little too rich for our blood. Yeah, and I think this is just my take on it, not what anyone told me, is you know, if you want to make it work for both sides, which means lowering his cap hit for this year, being able to sign some extra people to put around him and make his offensive line better and so forth, but also get him paid through the roof. It's to sign a, another very short-term deal, and, and I'm talking maybe even just one year or two years on a contract extension. It would seem very weird to sign a one-year extension through 2021, but at the same time, the 17-game season might come after that, and you could set it up to say, Kirk, well, you might even get another payday. And actually, maybe if you do it now, by then Mahomes will have his mega deal that will reset the market, and, and that you know, on, on Kirk's side, that might be what they're waiting for. 
But then again, there's no super pressure for the Chiefs to do that right away. So it could be just a staring contest between everybody when the Vikings would really love to get that extra cap space. And then, you know, you wonder about Kirk and just how he's viewed. If he doesn't sign a contract extension before free agency and they go and they don't get another guard and he doesn't lower his cap hit, I mean, is everyone going to look at him and say, well, thanks for your help, my friend. But I've also heard, too, that what they did with uh, Eric Kendricks in his contract um, in terms of translating some money to different places from bonus to base salary, that there is a, an option to do that with Kirk. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they figure out some way to lower his cap hit anyway. It's just that you know this situation could either get resolved very soon or it could really really drag out and i wonder if it drags out if people in minnesota start to look at it the way they did in dc where i remember d'angelo hall saying something like yeah we thought he was kind of focused on his money on that last year do you think do you get the sense that the vikings definitely want kirk cousins beyond 2020 and if the, and if it was up to them and he would agree to their price tag that they would sign that deal tomorrow I think if you went out to TCO Performance Center and took an anonymous poll, like the ones they do with general managers in basketball for like who's the best mm-hmm. young player or whatever, it would probably be a split. You know, from just talking with Spielman, he's always going to pump it up. I mean, he's always going to say, oh, we're very happy with Kirk. I mean, today he stretched a little bit on it. He said, oh, we were super thrilled with that win in Dallas that Kirk had on prime time. I was like, well, wasn't the game-winning drive all handoff, if I remember <laughs> that game, right? Like, you, you know what I mean? And, oh, we just loved that comeback win over Denver. Like, yeah, I guess. It was Denver, though, and their quarterback was a third stringer. But, sure, I mean, I guess so. Um, you know, same with last year where, oh, we want to see him get to the next level and win a playoff game, sort of things like that. Very hard to get a, a true feel on how all the organization would vote it if they could get on the same page of whether you should sign up to that extension and lock up a huge amount of cash and cap space and, and make things more difficult for you down the road. Because now this is not a team that's already set that you can just drop that contract into. This is a team that needs a lot of work. And if you're going to be talking about this for a few years of trying to work around uh, this huge contract while you're trying to rebuild a defense, you can't really sign anyone and have to hit on draft picks. Yep. Boy, that makes things a lot tougher. And you, and you know what? The thing is, too, that people, I guess, forget about how this team was built. One insanely lucky draft of Stefan Diggs, Eric Kendricks, Trey Wayans, and Daniil Hunter ends up boosting this team by a lot. Are you going to get another one of those drafts? This year or next year that's going to do that for you in the future, that's pretty hard to project. Rick says that was all planned, Caller. Rick says he had that all <laughs> laid out. Hey, so, you, you know, we, we've spent a ton of time talking about who's going to be coming back. We've ta- we spent a ton of time uh, so far since the 49ers lost talking about Kirk's contract and Dalvin's contract. But I really think the key conversation here, and what I'm curious to uh, find out, is this. Is charting the course of this franchise going forward and and what the plan is for 2020 and certainly beyond what is your sense because i don't think rick talked about this although he certainly was asked matthew what is your sense about where rick and mike stand contractually because you know if they're going to continue to extend them by a year apiece or in in the case of what they could do allow them to work out the last year of their contracts there's going to be a huge inherent pressure to win now and make short-term moves. If they extend it by three or four years, 
Now you've got some time to play with. So just from the people that that you talk to when you're sober and they're drunk, do you get <laughs> do you get a sense of where this franchise is going with the absolutely most key football executives and football people? So okay, last year when going into the New Orleans game, all the talk about Zimmer being traded to Dallas and all that stuff that was all real. Okay, so that didn't come from nowhere. But after that win, it seemed like a light flipped on for the Wilts. They had seen God, and God was Mike Zimmer. And uh, it's uh, really wild how football works, right? I mean, I, I remember in Joe Gibbs's uh, documentary on a football life where he almost got fired in, like, the sixth week of his first year, and he goes on to be one of the best coaches of all time. If Zimmer loses that game, he's either fired or traded. I totally believe that. But they decided now that I, I think – that he, they want to go forward with him it is my understanding that whether that's two years or four years, that's a great question because that will tell us if we get that information, that will tell us how they feel about where they're going to go here in, in the immediate future. Because if you're realistic, this is what I want to know. And I think the Wilfs are great owners of this football team. They pay out, they have incredible facilities, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's a team you want to play for because the ownership is so solid but uh, now, how reactionary would they be? You know, would they sign them to a two-year contract extension, go seven and nine, and blow them out? Because I think that's not realistic to do something like that. If you're going to be realistic, you have to look at this next season and say, you know what? If we get one of those wild card spots, that's kind of where we got to be because of all the players that have had to leave in the salary cap situation. You should really be building and encouraging Spielman and Zimmer to look a couple of years out. Not that you want to tank or anything, but that thinking of yourself as a Super Bowl team going into this year is a, is a little bit much. So if you set it at, you better make the playoffs or you're fired. You better go to the NFC Championship or you're fired. Well, then you're not being realistic. So, And you also, here's another point, too. I asked Spielman about uh, tackles, you know, offensive tackles. And the, the offensive tackles generally as rookies are terrible. So, you know, it, if you're Spielman and you're under contract for four more years, you're going to draft a tackle in the first round because you're thinking, well, two years from now, the guy should be able to play, right? But if you are desperate, maybe you're taking a three technique that needs to play right away or a corner that needs to play right away. So I totally agree with you, Judd, that what their extensions are could change their mentalities. Judd just gave me an idea. I see opportunity for you out there, Matthew Collar. As the only sober person out on the night, out on the town at night, I think there are many, many scoops to be had, and for you to get out there before anybody else sobers up who may have the same scoops to get out there. <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. I have one question. What can you tell me about Zimmer being traded to Dallas that we didn't know? Uh, nothing more than just it was a real thing that was being talked about, that was being talked about in Dallas, and that was being mm. talked about in Minnesota. Do you know what the compensation I mean, was that would have come back to the Vikings? I'm curious. No, I don't know that. I just know that that they looked at it. It's, it is kind of crazy to think about it, but they yes. really looked at it like that game was everything. Like, show us what you've got in this game against New Orleans. And they loved the fact that Zimmer schemed uh, really well in that game and used some unique stuff and, and got after Drew Brees when nobody else had all year. And, I mean, I respect that they have – um, this loyalty to Mike Zimmer and want him to be the guy that they win with. It seems like they really like him. They really believe in his vision. But 
by the end of last season, I, it was really tense around that building, and everybody knew what the expectations were. Like, you better make some noise in the postseason, and if you don't, it's going to be a huge problem. And so the fact that they were able to win that game, I think just sort of calmed everyone down and said, all right, well, maybe we were being a little bit rash here. But I think if they fling the other way and give Zimmer a four-year contract extension for one playoff win like that, I would also say that might be a little much. So there's probably something in between. There's probably like a two-year extension where you're saying, all right, you, you know, if this year doesn't go perfectly, you don't go 13-3, and three, that's okay because we're building towards something for next year because they're going to have to rebuild this defense. Yeah, I think emergency podcast from St. Elmo's or wherever you're having dinner tonight, Collar, and just get all <laughs> it's the, the dirt Marriott. Out there. I guarantee you, it's in the Marriott <laughs> Hotel Bar. I love it. It's great stuff, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. We'll talk again soon. Yep, thanks, guys. There's Matthew Collar joining us from Indianapolis and in the juicy. NFL Scouting Combine 2020. Very juicy. Very juicy stuff. But, so, but, so after talking to him, we definitely think that there's something there with Diggs. We think Zimmer was almost traded. See, this is where the, the Combine's just the greatest. It really is. I mean, this is where all the reckless speculation really starts to get some fuel, Judd. This is where gas is thrown on the reckless speculation fire. Can't believe Mackey's not, not here the NFL for it. Scouting combine. I mean, he's so here for it. I can't believe he's not here for it. This is true. Was he suspended because of the Randy thing yesterday? <laughs> is that what happened? Did Collar did Mackey suspended himself? Mackey suspended Mackey. <laughs> Mackey, the content director, suspended Mackey, the host. Well, can you explain to me what he was doing? What do you mean? When he was. When he was confronting Randy, when he was, was reveal- when he was revealing confidential medical information about one of our faithful listeners and contributors, violating a lot of laws is what he was doing. And we haven't heard back from that guy who has a seven-round mock draft in an incredibly competitive market. Randy, if you're listening, it's a lot of content that's just being wasted, wasted, because wasted. We had to confront him about it's a seven-round mock. My guess right now, as we speak, Star Tribune bidding on it, Pioneer oh. Press bidding on it. There might be another sports he station said, in he town said, bidding he, on it. He did, say, he did say yesterday that he does it for free, for the love of the game. But if somebody wants to pay him to do it, they know how to contact him. I don't know that they do know how to contact him, but Randy do we said... we know how to contact I him? I don't know. He just calls us. I don't know how to contact Randy. Do you Can know how to contact, contact him, Randy? Toady? <laughs> is it possible to contact him to Tony? <laughs> well, it's quick, even hard to say Tony instead of today. We'll hit a quick break. In a minute, we'll get the scoop from uh, Doogie. Speaking of juicy talk, the scoop with Doogie coming up at 5 o'clock.